Hello and welcome. This is Diane Lake, your host, and I'm going to be sharing how you can understand and apply the prophetic through practical terms, practical ways, and practical means that make it relevant to everyday life so that you can prepare the way for the Lord's purposes to manifest in the earth. This is Preparing the Way, the Practical Prophetic. Well, hey guys, welcome to episode 39, titled, Get Ready for the King of Glory is Riding In. Now, I am truly excited about this message. It's like I'm living it. This is fresh revelation for me. And even some of the things I'm going to be talking about today, I know are not even yet fully developed, so I'll be bringing more at some point. But anyway, it is so great to be back. And if you've been listening to previous episodes, you already know that we recently picked up stakes from living in Missoula the area of Missoula all of our lives, even four and five generations back. You know that we were looking for more land and that we found the perfect 315 acres with additional BLM grazing lease attached. I've told you that this is for personal and family reasons in that we have come from a line of generations that have been farmers and ranchers and large landowners, but we've never had the chance to inherit or buy any acreage of any significance. And I've also shared how I felt like the Lord in this has helped us recover not just double, but even triple the amount of acreage that we would have inherited if it had been administered justly. So the Lord has recovered that for us, for our descendants. But there's something else in the mix as well. And one of those things is that we have had a number of prophets prophesy to us that we would be providing a place of refuge at some point for people. Now, previously, we only had 16 acres. So although it was fairly private and secluded, it's nothing like we have now. And I think this has both a physical and a spiritual aspect to it. Uh, And this new property, we could provide both. I could see that, how that could work. And it's interesting that the Apostolic Council of Prophetic Elders brought forth a word in their 2023 word for the year that said the Lord would be creating Goshens, in other words, areas of refuge for people, and that he would even physically be moving some people to different areas and locations in order to create those places of refuge. So here we are in that process, and having moved already, I feel like that was something that was very pertinent to us. And it's also interesting that a number of prophetic voices have also prophesied to Montana and to us that the whole state has an anointing or a destiny to be a place of refuge for other people as well. But even beyond the recovery of land as an inheritance and for future generations and beyond the possibility of using that at some point in the future for this, there appears to me to be a clear indication that prophetically there is a much bigger picture than what I can even really clearly know and see now as far as what the Lord is doing in relocating us to this area. So remember I said I wanted to get back to you as I received more revelation as the Lord made things clearer about the bigger picture as things developed I had said to stay tuned. So that's what I want to do today is expand on that and begin to tell you what I feel like the Lord is showing me, keeping in mind that I'm sure I'm going to be gaining more insight with more time. But let's just get started because there's some really, really interesting things. 
So let me begin by saying that as a prophet or as a prophetic voice over the years, I have brought forth many words that the Lord has given me. Now, often those are in the form of written articles, they can be videos, and of course now I'm doing podcast episodes. But no matter what format, there has always seemed to be an element where the Lord has required me to live the word first. Then after I've had time to, let's say, become the word in a manner of speaking, then I'm allowed to bring it forth. Now, I am thankful that James Gall at one point brought some additional revelation about this to me. He once said to me that in doing that, this allows me to bring a word forth with more weight. In other words, it has more authority, if you will. It takes more time to bring forth a word like this, but he had said it's worth the wait. So I appreciate that insight. So what I'm saying is don't get the idea that as I tell you some of the things that I feel the Lord is giving me about the prophetic significance of our move, don't think that this is only about me, about my family, about my husband, my ministry, or even that it's only about the state of Montana. It's like it is, but it isn't. There's this broader application and implication for other kingdom-minded people, more than myself, more than my family, more than the state of Montana, and even more than our particular region. So hopefully as you listen, you'll agree, because otherwise I'm just telling you a good story, and there's nothing wrong with a good story. But that's definitely not the point of what I want to do here today, okay? So uh, there's a good friend of ours, um, some good friends of ours, Gail and Shelley Sheehan, Sheehan, and they are coming to do part of the prophetic conference that we're doing actually next week, April 26th to 29th, 2023 in Missoula. And Gail brought a word forth in 2016. I want to illustrate what I'm talking about here. And he talked about the number six or Vav for that year was the Hebrew and how Vav had a meaning of meaning of connection as it was referenced in Genesis 1.1. When God Vavved the heavens and the earth, he connected them together. And he said that one meaning of this type of connecting was like lightning bolts between heaven and earth. So as he tells it, the very next week after bringing this word, this was in 2016, a massive lightning bolt hit their home. It was described by the fire department and electrical contractors as the strongest they had ever seen. It wiped out every single electronic device they had, anything that was plugged in. But the bright side is the insurance company replaced everything, anything that had been plugged into an outlet. So they actually ended up better off than before. But Gail took this as an amazing prophetic sign that the Lord was verifying his timetable, that it represented that God was upholding his promises of connecting our destinies with him that year. So you see, Gail used that as an illustration of how God used their house being struck by lightning to prophetically illustrate what he was doing in the larger picture. So Gail and Shelley became the word. So there's another word that I it brings to mind, and this is one that I brought in 2021. I believe it was in August. The Lord was talking to me that he would replace whatever you'd lost with something better than before. Now you could go back and find that episode, August 2021. And I mean, in the process of this, we lost a lot of stuff. Our whole HVAC went out. I think by the time we were done, we might've spent $25,000 on that whole deal. And I mean, it stretched out over a year, honestly, till it was all fixed. Uh, My husband's pickup got damaged in an accident, wasn't his fault. 
we lost the last possibility of ever obtaining any portion of that family land that I've talked about in the past. I mean, there were so many things. I had quite a list. And especially with that land, I was kind of like to the Lord. Now, you want to do this respectfully, right? But to the Lord, I was saying, well, I'd like to see you replace that with something better than what we had, right? You know, kind of challenging him in a way. But it's like, wow, I'd like to see you top that. But guess what? With this ranch that we have bought, he totally did that. He so out out um, exceeded our expectations. I don't even know how to word it. Um, it is so much better than what we could have had, even if the inheritance had been justly administered. So anyway, to come back down to the point, I think there is a much, much broader application and implication for other kingdom-minded people as far as what I'm going to show you about the property that he has led us to buy. Okay, so I wanted to paint that picture. So I very, very much don't want you to think that this word is all about myself because I do not think that's what's going on here. So first, let me share some background as I get into this. Now, this part might be review if you've listened to me before in other messages or podcast episodes or other articles. I've talked about that I believe Montana is a prophetic representation of the mountain of the Lord. Now, you can find this in Isaiah 2 and Micah 4, where we read that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on top of the mountains and all nations shall flow to it. So, of course, we we refer here to the seven mountains, the seven areas or spheres of cultural influence, in case you haven't heard that term but you'll have to go back and pick that up in other uh, messages if you haven't heard it. So let me say too that Montana, the name Montana, comes from the Spanish word for mountain. And the Spanish word has roots in the Latin, the Latin adjective for mountainous. So John Hamill is the first one who prophesied to my husband and I, and this was back in 2016 when the Hamels were doing their glory train tour, that Montana represented prophetically the mountain of the Lord. Since then, it's been confirmed a number of times by other prophetic people. Uh, But John also prophesied to us on that same occasion that we needed to rename our state capital of Helena. He said that that wasn't what it should be named and that if we prayed about it, the Lord would give us a new name that we were to name it. So we prayed for a couple months and sure enough, we got a word from the Lord that we should rename our capital city of Helena, Zion. So we traveled over from Missoula to Helena and we renamed it. This was probably in the the spring still of 2016. And when we told John, he got all super excited and he was like, oh my gosh, that's what David did. He renamed the capital city of Jerusalem as the city of David or Zion. You can find that in 2 Samuel 5. So that's a cool little story there. So next, the next part of the puzzle as I keep moving along. Now, this part has emerged only within the last several months. It dawned on me, I began to realize that we were moving to the gates of the mountains. This is so named by Lewis and Clark. So if you're not familiar with this landmark, the gates of the mountains is located 20 miles north of Helena. So the background for this is that in 1805, the Lewis and Clark expedition was toiling to move upstream on the Missouri River. Apparently, rock embankments were Uh, making the towing of the boats like they might normally do from shore impossible. The channel was too deep to pole, so they were rowing. Suddenly, limestone cliffs rose above them, towering to heights of about 1,200 feet. 
and at each bend in the waterway, these stone walls seemed to block their passage, only to open like gentle giants as they drew closer. It was like they were just in awe of how it seemed to block the way, and when they got closer, there would be an opening and they could go through. In his journal, Meriwether Lewis wrote, I shall call this place Gates of the Mountains. So let me do something here. Let me read you the passage from Isaiah 2 with this background. I've told you that Montana is a prophetic representation of the mountain of the Lord, that Helena has been renamed Zion, and that the Helena region contains the gates of the mountain. So here we go. Let's read verses 2, two, through, two 3, and 4 in the NIV of Isaiah chapter 2. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. Many people shall come and say, come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and rebuke many people. They shall beat their swords into plowshares, their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Wow, I'll tell you what, I got electrified when I read that and when I shared that with my husband. And I mean Holy Ghost electrified. There is something powerful in there as you read it through that lens. Now, there have been some real challenges with this whole move. I'm not going to get into it. And there has been some very real opposition. And that's another reason we realize there's something more significant than just us. Because, uh, well, we've just been doing this a long time. So let me say we could tell there was some extra resistance. So there have been plenty of times along the way where we have been like, we are so far over our heads. I just pray it all works out kind of a thing. This is by far the riskiest thing my husband and I have ever done, picked up and done this move. It doesn't matter whether you're talking about personally or financially or any other way. And we've taken some real risks uh, concerning our business and other things. And this is the biggest by far. But we have always felt the Lord is in it. So it's pretty comforting (laughs) when you're in way over your head, right? Anyway, on the morning that the moving trucks were due to arrive to load up all the furniture back in Missoula and the boxes to make the trek up over in the hill, it was kind of like a a two-day process. I think we worked to almost 10 at night to get everything loaded. Then we still had to go up and over the hill a couple hours. We got a little minute of sleep, and then the trucks arrived at the ranch house the next day, and we did the unloading, okay? So it's a lot going on. Now, Kingsley Walker is a very good friend of ours. He's the state and regional leader in Missouri for the Reformation Prayer Network, and he's going to be the worship leader here at our conference next week. He sent us a very encouraging word the morning of the 15th, the morning we were going to load the moving trucks. I can't remember what all was going on that day, but he knew we were pretty overwhelmed. And he wrote, this was in a text form, that this was a defining day for our family and for the state of Montana. He wrote, You are heading into the gates to fling them wide open so that the king of glory can ride in. Now you can see the direct reference there to Psalm 24, which in part reads, Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. That's verses 7 and 8, NIV. 
So let me bring a word here, especially for Montana. If you're from Montana, pay attention here. The Lord is, I say to you, the Lord is releasing a new level of his glory in this state, which will manifest as a new level of signs, wonders, and displays of his glory. A new level of destiny will begin to arise and manifest as we see more and more people being strategically strategically positioned to enable them to be able to serve both physically and spiritually as places of refuge in the future. Amen. Now, if you're not from Montana, but that word resonated with you, then be sure to grab onto it. It will become your word as well. This doesn't have to be limited to Montana, but in this sense, I wanted to pray it and say it and decree it right over Montana. Now, I want to talk about one last thing that the Lord has highlighted recently for me. This is probably within the last two weeks. And this comes out of Isaiah 35. So some of you might have already heard me say this, but our new property in Helena also has an old stagecoach road running through it. I've always had the sense that this was no accident and that there's some kind of prophetic significance to having this old stagecoach road slice across the upper part of our land. It's very visible, very prominent. It's overgrown in some places, but it's uh, very cool. So let me read from Isaiah 35. This is concerning the future glory of Zion. So I'll just read for a bit here, all right? So it starts out, The wilderness and the wasteland shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice, even with joy and singing. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful-hearted, Be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God, he will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For the water shall birth forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert, the parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water. Now let me insert just a little bit of a story right in here. Now the Lord has an affinity for land. You know he does. He created a promised land for his very own people. Land is a big deal. And my husband's like to say my husband likes to say he's not creating any more of it. Land is important in the scheme of God's whole picture for the earth, okay? Now we had bought our original eight acres and we ended up eventually with 16. When we got there, uh, 20, 22 year, 20 or 22 years ago, this is back in Missoula. There was a creek that ran in front of our house, but it did not run year round. And the other thing that I wanted to mention is that we had a lot of wood ticks, a lot of ticks. The year we were there, the cattle that were leased to graze around us, uh, we had cattle die from ticks. It can get that bad. Some of them got very sick. They were able to save them if we found them in time, but some of them died. And uh, I remember a story one time, my oldest son went walking across this is a I'm going to say like a mile mile and a half to a creek a full a full more um full year round raging creek it was like pretty pretty swift uh to fish and he walked over across all this pasture land grazing land and there's some timber on the other side and came back and he counted I think one way he had 90 to 100 ticks that he would just pull off of himself right I mean it was just awful so you know, we live there a number of years, we come, become spirit-filled, we make that a place of, 
you know, as there's an anointing. We had an anointing on that property. People would always say it was so peaceful. They would come and get spiritually refreshed, even though there wasn't a lot of property. It was still very beautiful, surrounded by open land. Guess what? That creek has been running year round. I can't remember um, how many years, six, seven, eight. Uh, there's the tick problem is not what it was. There might be a few, but it's not infested. The people of God bring a blessing on that land. If you are one of God's kingdom people, you should see the land respond to you. It knows who you are and whose authority you walk in. Okay. So we expect that to happen here in our new property. There are some cricks. Yes, there are, but most of them don't run year round. And I am, I am asking the Lord and believing that we're going to be seeing steady streams of water, not just intermittent. Remember the waters burst forth in the wilderness, streams in the desert, the parched ground becomes a pool on the thirsty land springs of water. He's not just talking prophetically here. Okay. Or spiritually. Physically, the land responds when the people of God walk in their authority and bring the blessing of the kingdom upon it. Isn't that very cool? All right, so let me pick up with verse 8. This is interesting. A highway shall be there and a road. Okay, remember the stagecoach road. And it shall be called the highway of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for others. Whoever walks the road, although a fool, shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast go up on it. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. The ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to where? Zion. Come to Zion with singing, with everlasting joy on their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Wow, Selah. Now, I do not know all the implications. Uh, I just know that the scripture leaps off the page, and I begin to see God's handwriting on it. He's doing something. There is a much bigger picture, and I feel like somehow my husband and I are illustrating it in like real time, real terms, real physical landmarks. Do you see what I'm saying? To bring heaven and earth together, almost that lightning bolt effect where what God is doing up in earth, in heaven is going to be manifesting on the earth. And he's like, let me paint you a picture of what I'm really doing. And let me pick a prophet to bring forth the word. And let me begin to illustrate that in their lives so that they can become the word, bring forth the word, and I can do what I want in all this vast area that has nothing to do with them. I'm just going to use them to be the touch point of what I'm doing. Does that make sense? It's very profound and I feel very humble even bringing you a sample of what I feel like the Lord is doing. So I do pray and ask that you can see that this is much more than just about us. It's about you. It's about the kingdom. It's about the bigger picture of what God is doing in the earth. Amen. Let me close by just saying I was recently on a prayer call. This was organized by Clay Nash and I was representing the state of Montana just being asked to pray and to share what I felt felt like was on my heart for the state. And Ann Tate of Glory of Zion prophesied something over me. She said, there is a new government, new governmental anointing. Remember, Helen is the seat of government in our state. A new mantle coming upon me. And that we would, my husband and I, begin to walk in a new level of authority and begin to make decrees. That we would stand in the gate. Remember the gates of the mountains. We would stand in the gate and say, this comes in 
and this goes out. And in my next podcast, by the way, I'm going to talk to you about some of the things that we are going to get out, okay? Better not introduce that today. I don't have time. But what we want to do now is say to the King of Glory, come in come in. All right. So I'm going to do that here now today. I decree to you, to all you who are listening, get ready for the gates of the mountains have been flung wide open so that the King of glory can ride into our great state of Montana. He is coming in and as he rides, he will begin to display his glory at a brand new level through his people in the forms of increased signs, wonders, and displays of supernatural glory. And this same wave of glory will increase and spread to the surrounding states, the surrounding region, and even into and across the nation. Amen? Let it be so in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, blessings to you all. I so appreciate you letting me share this with you. I pray it was a blessing to you. And don't forget, if you're from Montana or anywhere in the region, and especially Missoula, of course, remember that we're hosting our Prophetic Impact Tour conference together with Christian International next week, April 26 to 29, 2023. You won't want to miss it. Go to our website at www.starfireministries.org. There's a banner you can click on to get more information. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Preparing the Way, the Practical Prophetic. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our show. Also rate and review it on iTunes because your positive review will help us reach more people with our message. And like I said, please visit our website, www. .starfireministries.org. You can sign up for our newsletter there. You can also donate, read our latest articles, and keep up to date with us on all of our social media sites. Thanks again. I'll talk to you next time.